0: Area 941 podcasts are produced and distributed by community-powered 94.1 KPFA Radio. Please help support Area 941 at kpfa.org. I'm C.S. Song, KPFA's Associate Theater Critic, and my guest in studio is Valerie So. She's an award-winning filmmaker, artist, and writer, And she joins me to talk about Love Boat Taiwan, a documentary film she's directed, produced, and written. Welcome, Valerie. Hello. Hi. So the love boat, that's a nickname for something, right?
1: It is a nickname for something that Taiwan's government organized that has a really long name that changes every few years that very few people can remember. Because it's all government talk. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, what is the nature of the program?
1: Well, the basic premise is that it's for Taiwanese-Americans and Chinese-American kids who are about college-aged, who were not born in Taiwan, to go back to Taiwan for a summer trip um, anywhere from about three weeks to six weeks. And it's completely, almost completely paid for by the government of Taiwan.
0: And what is offered? What do people do while they are... Participating in this program,
1: what do they officially do, or what do they unofficially do? Mm, both.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> officially, it's a cultural program, and they're all people are also supposed also supposed to learn Mandarin, which is you know the official language of Taiwan, Republic of China. And um, so, folks uh, are the students are usually told that that's what they'll be le- doing. They'll be learning Mandarin, they'll be learning brush painting and martial arts, and going to visit. Museums and, you know, cultural sites and touring around the island. And that indeed does happen. Unofficially, it is a very popular, or it was, and I think it still is a little bit, a really popular place for college kids to go and have a big romantic party, summer party.
0: Ah, and thus the nickname, The Love Boat?
1: Thus the nickname, The Love Boat. Yes, it's not, like I said, it's not really called The Love Boat. And not only that, it's not even on a boat.
0: Hmm. There is no boat. And so where does it take place?
1: <laughs> it takes place mostly, it used to take place in Taipei in a, like a campus that was held uh, just for this program up in northern Taipei called Chiantan. And then um, now it takes place at various universities around Taiwan. But, but the classic love boat took place at Chiantan.
0: Does the Taiwanese government like the moniker love boat?
1: I think that some of them do not mind because they know that that is a catchy thing that will get people's attention. I think officially they probably disapprove of it because they don't want, you know, they want it to be about culture and history and learning about your uh, your ancestors and your language and
0: not so much about hooking up.
1: But I'm sure they're very aware of it.
0: Is the Taiwanese government is it trying to instill certain attitudes in these young participants toward the government toward Taiwan?
1: Well, you know, the program's been around since the 60s. So back in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s, Taiwan was still under martial law. And also there was, uh, Taiwan had just been thrown out of the United Nations in favor of the People's Republic of China. And so uh, when the program really started to pick up, there was the idea that this program would be used to to sway young people to support Taiwan, the Republic of China over the People's Republic of China, because it's kind of a cold war between China and Taiwan. And it's still ongoing today. So that was a big deal back in the day. Now, I think it's more just about being aware of Taiwanese culture and not quite so much about, like, the political aspects.
0: For what reasons do parents encourage their college-age offspring to go on the love boat?
1: Uh, again, officially or unofficially?
0: Ah, Both again. <laughs> Please.
1: Officially, I think that they probably say the same thing. We'd like you to learn Mandarin. We'd like you to learn more about your culture. We'd like you to visit Asia. Um, unofficially, I think that a lot of parents hope that their kids will uh, hook up with each other. They want their kids to find other Taiwanese and Chinese-American mates. And, you know, you know, Chinese, Taiwanese, they like to kind of like have that, the bloodlines, the pure bloodlines, if you want to put it in any other way, right? They really are really concerned about having like Asian or Chinese or Taiwanese grandchildren so i think unofficially that's definitely part of it
0: and does romance actually occur on the love boat?
1: i think it occurs a lot and i think that occurs more than people expect and you know not everybody has a romance um at the height of the program there was probably about a thousand to 1200 people who went so not everybody Uh, each year every, every every year every year yes yes uh so you know not everybody has a romance. But at the same time, you have a thousand people who are all young people away from home for a summer. And like any summer program, like any summer camp, it's a, sort of the classic thing is you have a you have a romance, right?
0: So you attended the Love Boat when you were an undergrad at UCLA in the nineteen eighties. What's your strongest memory of going on the Love Boat?
1: Oh, my goodness. You know, it was so long ago that before I started working on this movie, I really didn't remember a huge amount. I remembered that it was really hot. (laughs) (laughs) At that time, Taiwan was not really super developed. There was no subway. You know, there was no public transit. Uh, It was very much, I wouldn't say a backwater, but it was kind of a sleepy country. So I remember that. I remember a lot of people riding on scooters. Lots and lots of people on scooters, like five people on a scooter, like a whole family. Uh, I do remember a, big, a very strong military presence because it was still martial law when I went, and so you would you would see soldiers on the streets. Yeah, it was it was very different from the suburban upbringing that I had in Northern California.
0: And this issue of culture shock this this comes up in your film Love Boat Taiwan by my guest Valerie So. Um, yeah, how much is culture shock part of the, the Love Boat experience for these participants?
1: I want to say when I went, and probably through all through the pre-internet age, I think it was a pretty big culture shock. Nowadays, it's really changed because kids can go online and look up anything they want on YouTube, you know, or Google it. And so they're really much more accustomed to seeing Asian culture and so they have a lot more, you know, really like a transnational perspective. Whereas when I was growing up, you didn't know people who lived in Asia. You know, you couldn't communicate with people who lived in Asia. Yeah, unless it was, you could, but it was very difficult, right? You couldn't just push a button. And so, yeah, it was definitely, wow, all of a sudden, I mean, it sounds really dumb, but a lot of people say there are so many Chinese people here. When you,
0: <laughs> so- I wonder if, uh, if for many participants... This is the first time they've been around a lot of Asians.
1: Um, yeah, I think so. I think especially, yeah, I mean, even nowadays, I think, you know, we live in a little bubble here in San Francisco where we sort of have a, what it's like 35 percent of the population is, is Chinese, not even just Asian. Mm. But, you know, once you get outside of the bubble of the, the two coasts, I really think that there is still, yeah, a lot of people have the experience of like, wow, I'm all of a sudden not one of five Asian kids or in my school.
0: So you went on The Love Boat in the 1980s. What made you decide to make a film about it?
1: Well, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that within the Chinese American and Taiwanese American communities, everybody knew what The Love Boat was. You know, everybody went. They knew someone who went. Their cousins went. Their brothers, their parents, whatever. When you get outside of the Chinese-American and Taiwanese-American community, a lot of people do not know what the love boat is. Even, you know, other Asian-Americans, like, you know, if you're a Korean-American or Filipino, you might not know what love boat is. So to me, that was kind of really interesting. It's just like this huge phenomenon in one area of the population and then uh, completely invisible to a lot of the other people. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was really interesting because it was so significant to, uh, you know, my community
0: How did you go about finding people to feature in this film?
1: Oh, my God. It took a long time. And a lot of it was word of mouth. Um, I actively started doing research. I thought about this movie back in the 90s, like late 90s. And then I had kids, so I didn't make movies of any length for a long time. So when I started to pick it up again, I went to say maybe 2014-ish. Uh, by then, you know, internet was around, social media was around. And so I just started asking people. I said, who should I talk to who would be able to connect me with people who went on Love Boat? And eventually, several names kept coming up. Uh, One of them was Pierre Wu, who is in the movie, and he is a person who is from Ohio who went in the 90s, and he didn't know any Asian people in Ohio. And then he became really involved. He, you know, later went back and was a counselor. He was really involved in organizing these giant alumni ski trips and parties in the 90s. Mm. And so he had a huge email list that he sent me, which I don't even know if any of those emails worked anymore. But um, so he was one of the people, there was another guy, uh, Ben Shu in Toronto, who manages the Wikipedia page. (laughs) For Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. (laughs) So he's kind of like the amateur archivist of the program. And so he connected me with, for instance, Victor Wong, who is one of the people who went on one of the very first trips in 1967. I think I must have probably put out a call on social media, just said, you know, if you know anything about this, and people would write to me. So it was a lot of of just kind of digging around, you know. It wasn't systematic in any way.
0: Are the applicants who've never been to Taiwan, the applicants for Love Boat, are the ones who've never been to Taiwan more likely to be accepted because the Taiwanese government is all about, you know, introducing people to Taiwan?
1: You know, I'm not sure exactly what the criteria is, except that you could not have been born in Taiwan. And that even now might have changed a bit. But back in the day, that was definitely the criteria. But I believe also one of the things they were looking for were Ivy League students and students who went to UCs because they were trying to find people who would eventually be leaders in the community. So I'm not sure if previously having gone to Taiwan mattered as much as if you were at MIT or Berkeley.
0: We're speaking with Valerie So. She is a filmmaker, artist, and writer. And she's Professor of Asian American Studies at San Francisco State University. And her film is, well, among many other films, but her most recent film is Love Boat Taiwan. You can get information about dates and locations of upcoming screenings of the film by clicking on the link we've provided on our podcast page. Some of the folks who've gone on The Love Boat have become pretty well known, right?
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. I think probably the most significant person as far as Taiwan's government is concerned would be um, Congresswoman Judy Chu, because she has a lot of influence in the government. And, of course, if you think of this program as something that Taiwan wanted to use to gain influence, then she is a person who definitely has that influence. And she now is a big supporter of Taiwan. She sits on the Taiwan Caucus in Congress. You know, she's met with the president of Taiwan and hosted her when she's come to the U.S., and she is what socal? Yes, Monterey Park, which is one of the ha- most heavily populated uh, you know Asian population uh, districts.
0: Christina Wong is also in this film, right?
1: Yeah, Christina Wong is a, a performance artist and uh, again, you know, she went when she was I want to say 21 and she yeah, she's definitely pretty well known I think in a lot of circles. Another person that's in the movie that I did not know was famous but my kids knew is Justin Tan, and he, is, he was a producer for BuzzFeed for a long time. So when my students were researching, they found a clip of him when he was 17, and they said, oh, my God, that's Justin Tan. And I said, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and they said, well, he's on BuzzFeed. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes.
0: So, let's see. There have been a number of screenings already, but there are a number of screenings of this film, Love Boat Taiwan, to come, including one in the Bay Area in Milpitas on February 9th. That's in the South Bay, correct? Yes. So, that is 2 to 4 p.m. at the Culture Center of the Taipei Economic and Cultural Office, 100 South Milpitas Boulevard. Again, you can click on the link we've provided to the uh, website. For Love Boat Taiwan, where else will this uh, film be shown?
1: My goodness. Let's see. So it will be showing again in Toronto on the 23rd of January. And that one is free. It's at the Toronto Reference Library, which is kind of the central library, because Victor Wong, the guy in the movie, is on the board there. So he really wanted to share the movie with a lot more people, because the Toronto screening was very popular. It was sold out. Um, It'll be in Seattle in Feb. I think all of these are in February. Seattle. Denver, uh, the one you mentioned in Milpitas, Uh, it'll be in Carbondale, Illinois, at the Big Maddie Film Festival. I think there are some other ones that are not announced yet that are upcoming as well. So, you know, the best place, like you said, is to go on the website and just click on there. There is also a Facebook page, too, which is just Love Boat Taiwan.
0: Yeah, and you can give the URL if you want of the uh, website.
1: The website URL is www.loveboat-Taiwan.com.
0: Who has tended to attend the screenings?
1: You know, besides the general public, the screenings have become almost impromptu alumni reunions. So I think people find out through word of mouth and then they tell their friends and they're very excited. You know, I usually what I do is in the Q&A is I ask people to raise their hand if they went on the trip. And, you know, a good percentage, like maybe like a third to a half of the people sometimes have gone. So that's kind of fun. And then they come up and talk to me afterwards and share their stories. And, you know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) how has the film been received uh, in Taiwan by, say, Taiwan Audiences, as well as perhaps a reception or reaction by the Taiwanese government,
1: I think the government is okay with it. I've had government officials come into the screenings because they gave me a they gave me a fellowship a few years ago to um, to work on the movie in 2016. So I spent the whole summer of 2016 shooting on something called the Taiwan Fellowship, and so those folks from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs have come and uh, and looked at it. I want to say also, there's another organization. Oh, Overseas OCAC. It used to be called the Overseas Chinese Affairs Council, but it now stands for something else. Overseas Community and Cultural something. (laughs) This is what I mean about these acronyms (laughs) changing all the time. You Mm -hmm. never know. But OCAC, everybody knows that. So they've been to the shows. And, you know, yeah, they're pretty positive. Other folks in Taiwan, it's interesting because, you know, Taiwan's political history is super complicated. And it's really hard to explain a lot of times the different nuances. And also it's very polarized. So, you know, the two main parties are the KMT and the DPP. And the the election will be coming up, I think, tomorrow in Taiwan, tomorrow from the day we're recording. Mm-hmm. So very soon. Um, so when I shown the movie here in the U.S., sometimes people will say, oh, that film, it's very, very pro-KMT, Kuomintang, you know, which is like the party that sponsored the program for a long time. But when I've shown it in Taiwan, some people have said, oh, this movie, it's so (laughs) anti-KMT. So it really depends on, you know, your perspective.
0: Apparently so. Yeah. So the film is Love Boat Taiwan, directed, produced, and written by my in-studio guest, Valerie so That's S-O-E. She is professor of Asian American Studies at San Francisco State University. She's an award-winning filmmaker, artist, and writer. Uh, Valerie, congratulations on the film. I enjoyed it, even though I didn't go on the love boat. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And I'm C.S. Song on Bay Area Theater for KPFA.